Hello, and welcome to our webinar program for and about financial advisors. I'm your host, Dave Polis, and I'm excited to bring you the first in a series of practice management episodes that focus on how advisors can take control of their practice, work more closely with the right clients, give them better information, and drive their practice towards higher profitability and greater success. The first episode focuses on how advisors can calm nervous clients. Financial markets have experienced some of the highest volatility and the largest swings in the history of the New York Stock Exchange, and invested clients are understandably nervous and upset about the downside losses they may have experienced. Some have gone so far as to lead the charge with an exhortation of go to cash just to try and salvage their existing assets and stop the bleeding. Our guest today is John Hill, CEO of Pinnacle Advisory Group and Pinnacle Advisor Solutions, a firm that has served individual high net worth investors and later advisors through the last few corrections, including financial crisis of 2008, the tech bubble of 2000, and the 1990 bear market. John, in the 25 years or so you've been doing this, You've been on the other end of calls like the one I described. There must be an effective way to handle this type of emotional reaction. What did you tell clients like this when they called? Well, thank you, David, for the opportunity to share some thoughts on this. First off, um, this truly has been uh, a bit different, candidly, uh, this go around uh, than the ones that we've had in the past. Uh, but I would say that I'm hopeful at this stage of the game when we're producing this that uh, we're maybe through uh, what might be one of the more critical parts of this experience. However, there's a debate on right now that we may experience uh, another pullback. And so we'll have a good conversation and be readily prepared to address the uh, potentially next pullback scenario. So, you know, over, over the years with clients, um, you know, we, we've seen um, considerable differences in behavior all the way from not being concerned a bit about what has happened because people have been tuned out uh, to being extremely concerned. Um, and fortunately for us, it's a relatively small group of people uh, that we consistently experience this same phenomenon with. Um, I would guess that it's probably less than 10% uh, of uh, all of our clients. And I think that statistic probably holds true for a number of the advisors that we work with. Um, what we'll do a little bit further in this conversation is dig more deeply into uh, thoughts about how to deal specifically uh, with the situation. Um, and I have several suggestions that have worked pretty effectively for me in the past. Um, but all in all, I would say that uh, as, as we prepare um, for what might happen next, um, we need to use every tool in our toolkit uh, to keep clients comfortable. To specifically answer the question you raised, um, I think probably the most important thing during any of this is, is contact. Um, it's having contact, outbound contact with your clients. Um, you want to make sure that you get to them before they get to you, if that's possible. And in the case of the 5 to 10% that I talked about before, that may not be possible. They may get on there 30 seconds after something happens. So it's a little bit tough. But in general, um, the experience I've had over all these years has been that just being able to hear your voice, just being able to feel a confident, uh, advisor at the other end um, has an enormous amount of impact. That's half the battle here. Half the battle is just making sure they know you're there and that you care. Um, and so I would start with that and then we can get into a few other issues that we can uh, uh, tackle in a little bit. Well, let's back up just a second. Uh, let's talk about the conditions that spur this kind of thing. What, what causes such panic calls typically and what kind of client is the first one to react this way? 
Well, obviously, that what what would uh, drive something like this is a dramatic change in in the market. Um, um, it would be uh, seen by very rapid uh, drawdowns uh, in terms of uh, equity positions in the portfolios. Uh, we're you're, we're used to periods of volatility, and then we've also had some periods that have been less volatile. But extreme volatility to the downside is what gets people uh, shaken up about this, and um, it, it usually isn't even an event itself. It's what happens uh, with the market in their portfolio uh, immediately after some sort of event occurs. Um, this case, it was an external uh, event different from what we've seen in the past. It was financial in the past. This one was way off the, the grid in terms of expectation from somewhere else. When you're on these calls, you mentioned that you really have to be confident. What's, what's the number one most important thing when you're on such a call to remember, trying to be empathetic with the client? Yeah, I mean, I, the thing is you, you need to be patient and you need to be in listening mode first and foremost. I think one of the big mistakes that the advisors make is that they feel they need to launch into, um, you know, some sort of a, um, a speech that, that addresses all the issues on the table with this client. And quite frankly, they don't even know what the issues are with the client uh, that's calling in on the phone. I think so. Number one, I think, is getting clarification about what is it that's troubling the client specifically. I mean, it sounds obvious. Uh, oh yeah. Well, it's the fact that their secure that their portfolio is down. Well, you need to get deeper than that. Um, I think that you really need to again uh, listen, ask the questions. Um, and I understand that there's a lot of pressure in the market, and there's pressure. What in particular is troubling you most about this situation? Uh, so get into a good question mode. Pass the buck back over to the client. And let them vent a little bit, let them talk a little bit. Um, the key thing, again, is not to just jump in and react. It's to ask a few questions, um, show them that you, you are listening to them, uh, first and foremost, and not spewing it back at them. Uh, I think that's number one. Once you have a foundation for what's troubling them, uh, then you can you know, put on your thinking cap and, and address those issues uh, specifically. But the big mistake, number one, is just feeling you've got to react quick and view forth a lot of information real quickly. <laughs> now, these calls have got to be brutal mentally and emotionally on the advisor. I'm sure you've been there and it, it makes for a tough day. Are there yeah. some simple steps that an advisor can take to get prepared for one of these calls? Yeah, to be candid to start out with, it's funny because when I think back to 08, um, I know that um, we would get lots of calls from folks. Uh, it was usually the same 10%, quite frankly, but we'd get lots of calls. And, and, and whenever the hold button was blinking, I could feel my blood pressure going up. It was like, oh man, you know, I gotta be prepared for this one. So um, when they come out of the blue, the, what I would strongly suggest, a uh, little technique here is that you, you have your assistant, if possible, find out who's calling so you know beforehand. And it's not just out of left field. Normally they'll be on the line and say, you know, Harry Smith's on the line uh, again, and he wants to talk to you. And in that case, what I often did was I would I would explain uh, to my support person that please tell him that I'm on the other line uh, right now, and that as soon as I have the opportunity to get back to him, which will be very shortly, I will do so. And there's a reason you want to do that. Number one, you want to take a step back and get your composure, uh, because you can, um, without even subconsciously, you know, you can end up. Uh, stuttering and, and uh, you know, sounding confused and less confident than, than you should be. But even more important than that 
what it gave me a chance to do was to immediately go to Harry's portfolio page, you know, and and then pull it up and see exactly what what's going on. What has the performance been? Uh, where is it? I want to be as informed as possible. I don't want to spew it right back at them, but I want to be as informed as possible about what's gone on in their portfolio. So they know that I'm aware and, and that really transitions into them understanding how, how much I care. Um, so that's just a little tool, a little technique, you know, put them, you know, make sure you get back to them as soon as you can, but pull up their portfolio. And if you have any notes uh, in Salesforce or anywhere else about prior conversations with them, then it's a really good time to go back and pull that up at the same time. So you can see that there was one particular issue that they were really upset about, or there was a couple of security positions that, why do we own those? Why are they in there? Why can't we sell them? Uh, you know, so preparation is huge uh, when you're doing this. It's really important. So it's not just mental preparation, it's informational preparation as well. So you're really armed with, with things that you can talk specifically about their concerns. Are there general statistics and facts that you can typically share, examples you use that, that they find particularly reassuring? You know, it, that's a great question. Um, and I would say that um, while you need to know the technical specifics about the client and their individual situations, um, they are typically not in a good state of mind to absorb statistics, all right? At this particular case, a client is usually operating out of an emotional side, you know? So the psychology here is not battering them with all the statistics about how quickly the other portfolio, you know, the other portfolio came back in 08, and you know what this happened, and over what period of time, and you know if you if you badger, if you will, them with 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 too much statistics, they go into block mode. Literally, after the first few, they may make it through the first couple. And if you got an engineer on the line, yeah, they're all right. They they, they can make it through a lot of them. But in this particular situation, I would say that I use that as a last resort. Um, I did not necessarily get into a lot of uh, a lot of detailed statistics about you know the uh, the you know what was going on relative to that situation. Now, again, that's world news is not statistics. You know, world news is, is world news, you know, and to have some overall statistics at your fingertips. I mean, even if in this particular situation, it was something about um, coronavirus statistics, you know, but very typically those that are available on the front page of the Wall Street Journal anyway. My point is that you do not want to get too deeply into a technical discussion. I don't believe, and my opinion is keep it at a level that you can control the emotions. Um, and and your, your number one task is to get them to breathe deeply, you know, and do a checkup on themselves and, and let them know that you're here, we care. And in fact, your portfolio is built for this exact situation. Pinnacle Advisory Group exists and has for many, many years on the asset management side to protect clients in dire situations. So this falls right into our sweet spot. And I would ask the client, remember why they hired us, you know, appropriately, that they hired us to be there when this situation occurred. Now, there's always one that just cannot be calmed. The waters will not suffice. You can't throw enough oil on this. Right. They really want to go to catch. We know there's lots of reasons why that's a bad idea. How do you share those reasons without being confrontational with an upset client when they really well, want to help? Yeah, I, I, again, I think what I would do and what I've recommended for other advisors before is that um, the first fallback should be the most important fallback, and that is let's double check what's going on within your financial plan. How about if we go back, we have this, and let's apply some new data that we have, performance data, and let's double check to see if this, if this has an impact on you. 
at the drawdown that we've already experienced. And let's just check it a bit further to see if it goes X amount further, what impact will that have? And so you can do a double check with client. These are, you're not gonna, typically you're not gonna do this with your entire client base, of course, but you're gonna have, if it's that one person or two, two people that are really, really concerned, legitimately, you can hear it in their hearts, they're broken, they're just frightened. You need to come back to them and say, let's take, I'll do it immediately. I'll drop everything else I'm doing and we'll pull up your plan and we'll take a look at that. And then I also use that as a reminder to let them know that, that we have stress tested the plan we built for them anyway, with a very sophisticated Monte Carlo analysis where we have taken circumstances where the program has taken circumstances like this. And it's checked it, it's double checked. Can they survive against these when these one-offs occur? And if you remind the client that we really double tested your portfolio, tested rather your plan under your portfolio modifications, performance, um, and, it, and it should hold up fine. But that, that's still, sometimes you can say that and should start there. But then I think you should go right to, um, would you like me to double check your plan? See if we built in adequate protection for this scenario to occur. So that's number one, that's number one. You know, number two, um, would be that if there's truly a sense, I kind of have three levels of concern. Let me back up. You got a client who's curious um, and wants to know what's happening and wants to know if you're at the wheel. All right. You got sort of the check check client. They're checking you out. They're making sure that you're playing a game properly and that you're there for them. All they want to hear is have a connection with you. All right. Client number two is more concerned. They're a client that clearly their, their blood pressure is starting to go up. Um, they are feeling some degree of fear. They're not ready to jump off a cliff yet. You know, but maybe a friend mentioned something to them or they caught a bad news broadcast on the consistently, you know, negative CNBC programming. So, you know, perhaps they ended up there, but that that's at a different level uh, than the first. And for that client, you have to listen real carefully to are they on the verge to go from there to the next level, which is meltdown level. All right. And this is where we use our skills, our listening skills as advisors, our empathy skills. This is where you really have to sort of feel out the client and ask them a number of questions to get there as well. Um, you can ask them outright. How do you feel right now? Are you on a scale of one to ten? Are you at, are you at eight ready to you know jump out of the window? You know, or are you at two and a three or a four? They will help you. You know, actually, if you kind of help guide them through that and they say, well, I'm a five, you know, or I'm a six or a seven. A little bit like going to the doctor when he asks you how bad your pain you know this right. is a how bad your pain program with their portfolio so back to that second client so you have that second client that's beginning to get concerned you know, and, and and there you can you can spend a little bit more time um, talking about how we've designed their portfolio to withstand this uh, we make modifications we have already or we're active managers a little bit about the bigger picture again right um, and, and if that doesn't work, and they slide off into the third category, which is approaching or at panic level. Then there's a couple of different options before one bails to cash. Bailing to cash is obviously, a, you know, it's an awful thing to do because if, as soon as you make the decision to do that, you know, now it's going to be, okay, when do we re-enter the markets? You know, how do we get back into this, this thing? Um, it's not, it's easy to get out at any level. It's just really, really hard to get back in. Um, and I've lost, I watched clients that have left uh, the markets and never re-enter until way too late, cost themselves a ton. Uh, back to that second client again, one of the things that you can talk about with them that's helpful is to ask them if they if their portfolio were to be adjusted to a more conservative position, what would they be prepared to change 
in lifestyle in terms of spending. All right, so let's make this real. Do you want to go out to dinner twice a week instead of four times a week in retirement? Do you want to modify your standard of living to accommodate a less risk-oriented portfolio? Are you prepared? There's, no, there's a trade-off here. There's no free lunch. And the trade-off is that if you give up taking some balanced risk in your portfolio, you will over time give up the return that will drive the lifestyle that these clients are hoping to achieve. So I think once again, with that second person, once you drive them to a place of sort of a reality check, you know, okay, I, what do you mean? I have to give up something if I do this, <laughs> you know, yeah. I've got to give up my two, I want, I want to go out to there. I want to take these vacations. I want to have that nice boat. You know, they, then, then they have something to balance it against. If they're just thinking, I want to get out of the way of this mess and there's no negative consequences that can occur, that's a pretty unrealistic approach. So you need to make it realistic as the, as the planner here and, and paint a picture of, okay, no problem. We can begin to adjust your portfolio, make it more conservative. But at the same time, what do you want to give up at the back end? You know, assuming that you would not want to get back in and experience this again at the same risk level. Okay. So let me get to that now. So I'm at my third person now who's like ready to jump out the window. All right. And and I had, believe me, you know, I, I would have them call once a day in 08. And it's like, oh, my gosh, it's unbelievable. So in that particular situation, what's worked for me has been to ask the client, how long do they think this could possibly happen, you know, occur? How, how long is the portfolio? How long is it going to be before it comes back to some level? First, you got to get into a grid. Yeah, it has come back every single time. It's something like this has ever happened. Right. So now it's a question of not, is it going to come back? It's going to come back. So, but how long is it going to take to come back? Is it going to come back in a year? Is it going to come back in two years? Two years is a really long time. If I went back and then looked at a few statistics, I can tell you that there aren't too many of these situations where we have had two years to get back in line. And so coach the client a little bit that two years might be on the outside, you know, a number. And the ones that I talked to, two years was always, yeah, that's fine. If I, if I can make it through two years, you know, I can breathe and I'm all right. Right. And so what I would do then as a next step before I went to cash is, is ask the client, well, I've got my notes in front of me, hopefully, but well, I see you spend a couple hundred thousand dollars a year um, and two years worth of spending would be $400,000. You've got a $3 million portfolio. How about we take and we make sure that you have no less than two years of cash available in that portfolio to live on without touching the rest of your portfolio until the market has a chance to come back after a two year hiatus, right? And I found that to be very, very effective as well. Once you told the client that, look, I've got two years worth of cash here, you know, before you, you, you break the dam and go all cash in your portfolio, let's, let, let's get enough for you to spend all the way through this mess. And then in fact, you'll be in a position to maintain the performance levels, hopefully over time, a little less because you grab some cash, but you'll still be pretty close to not having to adjust your standard of living. Um, and I think that that's a very viable and quite frankly, a very acceptable and effective way to go about that. And, and to, if all else fails and you literally, if they're not buying into that, then you know they are in an emotional zone that is not, nothing you say is gonna work, doesn't matter how practical, how smart you are. It doesn't matter how much they love you. It doesn't make any difference whatsoever. Nothing's gonna work. And then your last resort is to, is to accommodate the client and do so with the idea that 
I will go to cash for you, but we have to develop a game plan together to get this cash reinvested. We have to set certain criteria, market criteria, timing criteria, et cetera, but we have to have a methodology to try and work our way back in. And it may be a dollar cost averaging approach over time once the client gets a breath, you know, but, and you have to coach them through that. So I think that being said, where you have the, the different levels of panic and you need to find that out and then address those as appropriate, I think it'll go a long way to, to, to helping the client be more comfortable with this process. So really by following this sort of phased approach and having a plan, the last ditch effort is really just to say, okay, I'll do what you want me to do, but together we have to agree to sort of find a way to bring this back in some logical fashion that's not going to hurt you too bad. So yeah, I'm here. that's right. Because if we can, again, it gets back to what do you want to give up? You know, how much, how much of your, uh, your spending do you want to give up in the years ahead? Because it's very easy for me to model that in to your financial plan. I can do that very quickly for you. They just have to also, you know, again, there's the reminder that there's a consequence to doing this. Now, if somebody has so much money um, that it doesn't make any difference, and honestly, they could, they could have a, an ultra conservative portfolio and hence be just fine with a low, low portfolio return, and they have one that's higher than that, uh, they have a portfolio model because they convinced you that they wanted that. They didn't want to leave anything on the table. That's a little different conversation. Are you an RIA or financial advisor looking to grow and scale your practice, but feel like you could use some help? Feel like there are lots of growth options out there, but don't have time to research them and don't want to make an expensive mistake? Want to spend more time helping clients instead of time-consuming investment research, compliance checks, or transactional work? If you answered yes to any of these, Pinnacle Advisor Solutions has the answers you need with a range of outsourced options and top-rated professional investment management and financial planning support, Pinnacle has a solution that fits your needs, budget, and circumstances to help you scale up, grow your practice, or put a succession plan in place. For more information or to set up an appointment, call 201-919-4838. This all sounds like just golden wisdom, John, and I'm hoping advisors take all this to heart because clearly they're going to be more successful following the, the things you've told them. Do you have any final insights to share with the audience in terms of maybe how to handle that critical conversation, how to get it started, how to really talk that guy that's at DEF CON 1 off the ledge? Is there any? Yeah. Again, the most important thing to do is to be prepared to be there, to be outbound first wherever you possibly can get ahead of the curve with the client and have the information you need uh, by your side. Uh, and I think that if you stick to the to sort of this process, um, you're going to be fine. Most of your clients are going to be fine. And I hate to say this, but this may be that time where if you have somebody who is not fine and they are consistently on the phone to you and it's really wearing you out, you know, you're just, it's just taking you right off your game. You know, it may be the time to say goodbye to that client. It may be the time to say to that client, you may, maybe you're going to have to be playing a little bit of poker with them, you know, and say, you know, this is just wearing me out. I love you. We've been working together forever. I've done everything within my power to convince you that we have this under control, but obviously you're still not comfortable. Maybe this is a good time for us to decide that an advisor other than ourselves is the appropriate uh, team for you to look at. 
And surprisingly enough, and I haven't done that very often, but I have done it a couple of times. And surprisingly enough, when you get somebody to that point, more often than not, they're going to, that's a reality check for them. They're like, holy smokes, John's ready to let me go because I'm going ballistic on this stuff and he's tried to help me. And I'm, and, and so, so there, there was a, re, a good check with a few folks over the years to do that. And maybe you don't even want to consider keeping them at that point. Just say, nah, you know, this is killing me. Next time this happens, it's going to happen again. But before you ever get there, an advisor has to make sure that they work hard enough, that they're passionate enough, that they care enough to really go through these steps that I've had a chance to share with them, with them today. We're going to delve in deeper to that last item you talked about, about maybe it's time for that red ant client to find another home in another episode. John, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate you giving us some time. We've been speaking with John Hill, CEO of Pinnacle Advisory Group and Pinnacle Advisor Solutions, about how to handle critical conversations with clients in times of financial turbulence. If you have questions about how to handle client interactions like these, drop us a line at oradvisors at pinnacle.com or make an appointment to speak with our representatives at Pinnacle Advisor Solutions about how they can help you scale and grow. Call 201-919-4838 and you'll speak to one of our senior representatives and set up an appointment. Be sure to revisit Pinnacle Advisor Solutions website and don't miss the upcoming episode on next steps for needy clients and right-sizing your client list. Until then, thanks for listening. You're listening to Four Advisors, the podcast for and about financial advisors. This program is for educational purposes only and the opinions expressed here by guests do not necessarily fully or accurately reflect the legal intent or nature of Pinnacle Advisor Solutions Pinnacle Advisory Group or its senior management. This program is not intended to give legal, investment, or financial planning advice, and opinions and statements made in this podcast should not be relied on as such.